Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide, and I'm here getting back into the swing of things, trying to get myself re-engaged to the Everyday Sniper podcast crowd. Thanks, everybody, for listening, coming by. Um, we're getting ready to kick this off for the new year and start us all back all over again and do this thing like I did it before. I don't have any jokes or anything for you. I got to kind of get myself put into a zone, but I do want to... Um, Man, I got all kinds of shit going on. Uh, oh, that, that was Marco saying thanks. Marco, we had a great podcast with Marco, the last one, if you guys are listening. Um, it was a really good time, so thanks to everybody who commented on that. Uh, a bunch of people were like, hey, man, that was a good one. Yay, Marco. And then they're laughing because he calls me Frankie. Everybody, do, you guys don't realize a lot of people call me that. Uh, it's just, it's a size thing and a whole other stuff. But um, I'm going to kind of... Like, I'm looking for how I want to redo the format. I like the way it is to stream of consciousness and going straight forward at you guys and just basically no holds bar and coming right at you. And so in that vein, I'm going to address something that came up over the weekend. Um, well, first, no, let's go back in time. I, I'm gonna, I, I'll address that in a minute. I want to go back to The Guardian. Uh, last weekend, we were down at The Guardian, so we went down to Texas and saw Gary and those guys. Uh, Texas Guardian match with Eric at Foxtrot 7 over there. First time going to Foxtrot 7. Really good seeing everybody down in South Texas and then the gathering part of it. So what we had, we had a two-part sort of situation going on down there. Um, we had the Gathering of Snipers, which is the Army and the Marine Corps Scout Sniper Association. Uh, Tim Parkhurst was down there for the Marine Corps side. The Army was a, a little back and forth. We had guys from uh, Bliss and Hood that showed up. But then, like, Chris Roberts sort of took the reins a little bit. But it was interesting because we did a train-up uh, prior, which was cool. So Friday, we had everybody, and we had basically one long class that went from, uh, like, Chris Roberts started it off with CR2, and then myself and Rob. Rob is from Bravo 4 Actual, does a lot of targets. Uh, we did a fundamental. Then after that, we had like Paul Phillips came in and did some ELR stuff. Um, Paul was out there with all his big guns and shooting big dollar uh, uh, everything. And and then after that, Phil Vallejo came in and Phil was doing his um, uh, uh, positional class and things like that. And then right after, we had the Guardian match. And the Guardian matches, and this will kind of play into it a little bit. Uh, we, with Gary Larson and in in the the charity component and everything that Gary does, these are just great great learning matches. You know what I mean? You go there. There's no stress. I mean, it's end of my season, and and I've mentioned this to you guys before. I don't have that competitive gene going on right now. I'm not really into it. I mean, I like it. I enjoy doing it. I'm fine in the moment, but I mean, I'm just not feeling it. My eyes are going so fucking bad and so hard. I can't see shit, um, especially my right eye. My right eye has always been the weaker of the two in, in that. But I mean, I, I just having fun. I took my eight, six 18-inch TAC Ops, uh, shot 2650 on my muzzle velocity, shooting 140s. You know, see, I'm not going there to be competitive. It's not a game gun. It's a work gun. I don't have a weight system in it. It's got a McMillan stock. I don't even have an Arca rail on it. I couldn't clip it in if I wanted to use a tripod. So I just used bags the whole time. And, and I went with a pint size or a schmedium, depending on uh, which one, where, and how. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that uh, it, it's, you know, I, I enjoyed it, had a great time. But the first day was kind of interesting 
So I lost my mic in my ears. When the heck did my monitoring in my ears just disappear too? Weird, weird. I just lost it. And I have no clue what this is going on with this computer. Redid everything so you don't get the echo and the sound. But now I just lost it out of my, my ears, which is kind of odd that it, that it did that. But anyway, I don't have no clue what, what did that. So anyway, um, yeah, so the first day was this individual day, one-day match, individual eight stages. You go do your thing. And I, I had so much rust. I was so out of it. I mean, I had some good spots and in, in here and there, some, you know, some bright points, but not very many. And and I'm fine with that. I don't got a big issue with it. And then um, the second day, it becomes a team event. They basically fold the field. And so your day two is you're you're working on a team event, which is cool because then you're you're kind of you know Phil works with last place because he came won it. Congrats to Phil, um, and then so on. Well, I ended up with a guy in my squad, Nathan, who was a cadet at the Texas A and M ROTC cadet, and he was actually in my squad. And the way we folded, we were right together, um, which, you know, middle of the pack works out better when you fold a pack like that, right? Because you got two pretty much equal guys um, doing it. So we ended up um, tying for third, but with the tiebreakers and all came in fourth, uh, came in fourth team-wise, which, hey, you know, it's it's like 34th by myself and fourth with a team. I'm happy being a mid-pack guy. I got no drama with that. So... Yeah, I mean, and thanks to Nathan and those guys, we had a really fun time. I mean, we we worked really well in different stages. They changed it up so they had enough stages for everything. And then Eric's facility was really nice. It's right along the road. It works in a straight line, so it's even easy, easy. It's easy to navigate, and and you kind of like that that you can um, definitely navigate what's going on uh, when it comes to. I guess that ain't gonna happen. Weird. Um, but it's easy to navigate. So I liked Eric's place. The winds were tricky. We had just enough seven, eight miles an hour is that kind of like, should I, shouldn't I? How much? Not enough, is it there? So the winds were were just enough, and then the weather. The first day on Friday. Wow. Friday we were we were rock it was hot as shit. And then Saturday and Sunday during the match, it turned out to be um, really nice, overcast, a little drizzly, not quite, more like those one of those violent dew storms than anything else. So it wasn't too crazy. But um, make sure my stuff is working. Like I said, I'm, I lost my ears. All of a sudden, one minute my I had uh, my monitor was coming back at me, and the next minute my monitors disappeared. I don't know what the hell that's about. But anyway, it was, it was a really good event. We had a good time. I, I really like what Gar- Gary does. We raffled stuff. I put a bunch of crap on the prize table. Had the banquet, dinners, whatever you want to call it. Had the fr- Saturday night event um, at an exotic ranch. Animals and things you can hunt. Wasn't too bad. Uh, really good. Big fire pit stuff going on. So we'll end up food. Uh, from one of the town uh, places in town, and and that was going on. So, you know, get you jumped back into the competition world. I mean, that's part of the thing. One, I'm not defined by comps. 
You know what I mean? I just don't. I don't define my success. I don't define, even though I go back to Sniper's Hide Cup, the rifles only days. I mean, we led the charge when it came to competitions. You look at Jacob and I and what we did, we led the charge. And yeah, I guess things are changing now and it's different. I kind of find uh, one side of it to be a bit contrived. Uh, there was a few stages that I, I thought were pretty good, but then, you know, kind of the contrivy thing. And I noticed that too, because we're looking at, it was up at Pawnee the weekend after, like this past weekend, I went straight to Pawnee and shot my local uh, match at Pawnee right after. Um, did terrible there, probably came in last, uh, but we weren't really trying. We were busy. I was more looking to see how it evolved. It's been almost two years since I've been there. Um, tried to get Mike out. He he had inventory for mile high, so they couldn't do it. But then, you know, it, it, I just grabbed, we basically never even unpacked my car. Coming from Texas, we drove it, never unpacked the car, and just left everything how it was, and then went right to, um, right to, Pawnee. Turns out my dope between Texas and here was about three tenths off. And with the little bitty targets we shoot up at Pawnee, I was missing them pretty good, but I had to go and, and adjust it. I was using I was using like 1.1 1 .1, uh around 300 yard for the little targets that they had between 275 and like 400 and, and in there. And I needed one four, one three. And it was just enough to keep me off some of those small plates. So it's interesting, you know, kind of looking at these locations, your data, the size of the plates. Because, I mean, it, it was, you, you look at the plates at Guardian were, were, were pretty good. I, they, they were not small. They had a mix. I thought it was a really good mixed up match uh, as far as hard and easy and what you had to do. I thought it was sporty enough. Um, I mean, heck, we had a, Two mil mover hold off a barricade up at Guardian. You know what I mean? So you're shooting movers off a barricade and it was going fast enough. You needed a two mil lead. Then it was like 500 yards and I had to hold wind, which gave me another half mil for wind with my 18 inch barrel. So I was at one point in one direction, like two and a half for one way and, you know, one and three quarter for the other uh, for my mover holds. Um, I ended up tagging it, but barely, you know, and it's just like I said, it's me kind of getting back in. It's funny, like the first day I was a shit show, and then the second day I did really good. And it's just, like I said, it's knocking that rust off. And it's, it's. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Comps are great low-cost training. You know what I mean? It's, it's especially the one days. You can go to a one day for 40, 50 bucks. You can practice. You can see what other people are doing. You can try gear out. And, and all this stuff, and then, um, you know, then it goes from there that you, you, you then can go back and work on what you suck at. I mean, that's the whole point of practice, and I fall into this as well because I'm teaching prone. I'm doing the basic classes. We're not very whiz-bang, although I, I keep my finger on the pulse. I'm not pushing the envelope or pushing the edges even when it comes to uh, the precision, uh, the, the precision uh, rifle comp stuff, or the competition stuff, the uh, competition shooting. I'm prone. I'm doing this. I'm looking at wind, and and I mean, if you think about it, what we came up with, what some of the stuff like 
where the weaponized math comes into play. That's to do things quicker, easier, more accurate, better. So we found a shortcut when it comes to doping a rifle using weaponized math, right? Well, then the wind, we look at the BC method. We're looking at the different things we're doing with the wind. And we're pushing the envelope with the wind. And how do we get you spun up in managing the wind quicker and easier? In fact, I just put an article up on Sniper's Hide, just breaking it down a different way. I mean, we find different people relate to different styles of teaching, correct, right? So I, I talk this way, talk this way, talk this way. Then it's like stop, back, reset, talk another way, talk another way, talk another way. Stop, back, reset, refine, 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 represent, and we're, and we're doing that. Well, I don't do that with the comp stuff. I mean, I'm happy to fall into the middle. I'm happy to see what I see. I mean, honestly, three comps a year and being in the right place at the right time with the right people, I can see what they're doing. Hey, they're not clipping in the tripods. They're putting them on a bag. Hey, they're doing this. Hey, they're doing, you know, it's little stuff that you notice that they adapted, but it's not really that big a deal once you get past the balance and the rifle weight. Um, you know what I mean? It's, I find a little lighter rifle works a little better for me personally, just because I haven't conditioned myself for the heavier rifles. But don't get me wrong, man. The heavier rifles work. The question is, is where do you find the balance? Um, you know, I'm kind of playing with that as I'm putting together some comp guns. And, you know, we, we use this as a bit of a test bed. So I put an AAC weight system on it, drop the barreled action in, and then it's kind of like, eh, I can pull one weight out of it. Not a lot, just one to try to, Get that balance and that movability just a little bit. But they do set the rifles quick and easy. You're letting the rifle do most of the work. You know, even Amo at the Precision Rifle Expo, he's like, Frank, I got to agree with you when it comes to this spot. This is Amo talking, not me. He's like that these guys aren't marksmen. You know what I mean? That they're not doing that, which is why I tend to put down and I push back on some of the stuff that the comp people do because we're we're building better stuff we're we're learning you know what well, we always knew weight was stability right i mean but the thing is is when you take the practical application out of it the movement you know what i mean out of the equation where i could just walk up to a line i mean it's easy i mean we're gotten away from slings nobody's running a sling which is an issue i found like for me to walk with my rifle what i did is I 45'd my Atlas cow legs backwards and I just hooked the rifle on my shoulder, on my pack, and it hooked. You know what I mean? But where's the slings? Nobody's carrying a sling. But then you run into situations we saw of the weekend with the meme attack. You know what I mean? And we'll get into that in a minute. Because, you know, we, we need to do better with, with, with some of the management and the movement. What I'm noticing Here's what I noticed. And end of the season, as I'm doing the comps, I didn't do one early, I did one late. We're, we're laxing on some of the safety stuff. Nobody's giving big safety briefs, like a Jacob-style safety brief. Nobody's going to the RO lengths when it comes to talk safety. I know in every class, I got new shooters, new people. 
my PowerPoint starts off with safety. I talk about safety before I go. I have two discussions on safety, and then we look at it every day. But then I'm just doing a prone class, more or less. So nobody's really moving, you know, in and out. And, and there's not a lot of, you know, other than your rifle to the line, off the line. Once it's on the line, it stays on the line pretty much. And then it comes off the line. So it's that early morning, that break for lunch, that pickup at the end of the day is really all me. I'm doing it. But now I go to these comps and we got people moving around. And a lot of you guys, and this is not a bad thing. This is a positive. A lot of you guys are friends been doing this with each other a long time you see each other at the same matches so you're comfortable and you're familiar with each other you know that's a good thing you 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 created a community you you've uh you know fostered friendships and now you guys are comfortable and happy around each other but you're not talking safety anymore because I know him, he's good. Ah, he's all, it's all just him. He's a pro, don't sweat it. You know what I'm saying? And so you're not hearing the push to the safety brief. You're not telling people, you know, it's just like the, the assumption is chamber flags in, and it's easy, man. You get sponsors, you hand out a chamber flag, you throw a chamber flag in, and you're good. I got a flag in, I'm good. What's the big deal, right? Bolts back, flags in. What's the big deal? But at the same time, we sort of pressed safety for so hard and so long. We're like, dudes, you know, safety's paramount. Safety's what's going to make you look good or bad. I mean, that's the key. And so that's what brings us to this weekend where a photograph was posted on Friday. Now, I got this Friday. So there was the AG Cup over the weekend. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it, man. I don't really fucking give a shit. You know, you guys want to all, oh, you make us look bad. You know what, dude? You made yourself look bad. So here's the thing, man. Friday, I, 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 I'm home. I'm cleaning up, doing stuff, getting ready. I get, I get text messages. Hey, did you see what's on the AG Cup's profile page? No, nah, I have no clue. I don't fucking care. I'm not paying attention. So I, I get meme things. So I get this picture of a dude resting his head on his rifle, muzzle up, under his chin. Well, it's a big safety violation. It's like, yeah, that's, that's not my problem, man. I don't care. You know, that, that makes sense. They're all the pros. They all know better than us. They're all great. So he, he had a bad stage, whatever his case may be, and he rests his chin on the rifle. Good for him. You know, what do I care? You know, so then come to find out that the memes picked it up. You got the ARS guys, you got, you know, I, I got it or I didn't get it, but I saw it on um, behind the H59. That dude's got it. It's all over Instagram and it's starting to try to make its way on Facebook. Well, the affiliated, unaffiliated, official, unofficial photographer then starts going on a fucking rant threatening everybody. You're taking my copyrighted picture that you posted fucking publicly. And he starts threatening everybody to take it down. And now it's like, hey, man, we just got censored. We just got told we can't post this or retweet. I mean, total Streisand effect shit. We can't retweet this. And they yank it down. They're attacking everybody. Well, now Saturday night. 
I'm getting beat up all day. We shot our match on Saturday. I'm sitting down. There ain't nothing on TV. TV sucks. So what do I do is I go look around. Okay, who did it? This guy. I go to his page, and he's got a fucking just do it meme that's a black and white shadow graph image of him with his head on his rifle on his page that says just do it with a Nike logo. I'm like, well, they must be over it because this dude's mocking himself right here. He's the guy who did it. He's the one who caught it. it all this stir. And so they mock it. So I copy his picture. I erase just do it. And I put safety first on underneath it. And I post it up. And I did a temporary profile picture. Holy shit. You'd think I fucking shot my mom. It was crazy the fallout with that. And I was surprised with, I mean, I get it. He's, he's a gap team guy. And the Gap team came out swinging at me. And I had heard that they were pissed at me and they don't like me and all this other shit. And, and, you, and you hear little stuff. And I always, you know, hey, man, I, yeah, his teammate, his team people don't really. But George ain't that way. Nah, it's not like that. It, it's not a big deal. It, you know, it's, it's, it's a couple of his guys. He sits back and he laughs. But no, nah, and then, then you hear, no, he's not. He's an active participator. It's like, all right, whatever. But then he comes on to my fucking thread and he's fucking, rah, he's throwing shotgun shit. And dude, by the way, man, like I walked in a mile high and they looked at it. They were like, whoa, wait. This is kind of acting weird. Something, Mike, Mike's acting, my ears are acting weird. Something's up with my ears. Anyway, so he, he comes on and he's like putting shotgun shit and he's, he's just blitzing my picture. And uh, even Mile High walked in, and they're shotgun people. They're like, that's not how that works. You have to have a breakdown shotgun. You can't put, like, that toe pad thing, you can't put a Benelli. He put a picture of, of one of those uh, leather stops that you put on your foot, and then you put your shotgun on it. Well, that's for a break apart, where you have to break it open, and then you can put it on your foot. You can't take a Benelli semi-auto that doesn't break open and stick it on your foot. They won't let you do that. Um you know, so that's not how that necessarily works. But anyway, he's going over and he's, um, and my ears just came back on, which is so weird. I don't know what's going on with this kit. Anyway, so he's going over and um, he's, he's beating me up, you know, pissed that I posted it. Take it down. You're an ambassador of the sport. You know, we already settled this. Well, but you really didn't because let me explain something. They didn't, even though he's surrounded, if you look at the picture, he's he's in the middle of the parking lot, more or less, or whatever you want to call it. He's in the middle of everybody. And he's, um, you know, resting his head. Hang on, my ears are just driving me nuts. And most people are on their phones and not paying attention, but there's easily 15 people in the picture around him and nobody pays attention. So the next day when it gets put up and they get threatened and they create, when they created their own self-inflicted drama, then they reprimanded them, which is fine after the fact. Hey, dude, this is your, this is supposed to be the biggest event, the big dollar payout, the huge one. This is supposed to be the tip of the spear of your precision rifle comp competitor. You had to qualify for this. You had to do all kinds of stuff. You had to jump through hoops to get there. You had to pay big money. You're going to now be in the fucking Le Mans race. And you know what I mean? You, 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 you do that. And it's like you make it look bad. You know what I mean? You don't put amateurs in Le Mans. And, and so anyway, it, it blows up. And, it, and now they're trying to do damage control. 
and they're making themselves look fucking stupid with their damage control. And most people see it. I mean, there's fans and the fanboys on both sides and, and all that. So I'm getting beat up. I'm getting threatened. Like, holy cow, a fucking team guy threatens me. Are you kidding? Like over a meme? Dude, it was on your guy's profile. I swiped it from the offender who's mocking himself. And I'm the bad guy. Okay, whatever. That's fine. I'm in, you know what? Straight up. Because somebody said, somebody came on yesterday and said, I don't contribute. I only destroy. I don't do this. Eat a fucking dick. Okay, dude, I contribute more than that. You guys just line your fucking pockets and do for yourself. What outreach have you done to bring anybody new into this sport? And don't tell me the gap grind. That's just a money fucking making thing. It doesn't do anything to promote anybody. When you got 400 plus people there, what are you really learning and promoting? You're promoting time. How fast can you move 400 people through in a weekend and pat everybody on the back? Okay, it's, it's not quality, it's quantity. You're doing quantity, not quality. That's our problem. Okay, do better. That's what we're asking. We're, we're giving you a million fucking suggestions on what we see is why you're isolating X amount of people within the community. All right, you're, you're bitching that the community's fractured, the community's divided. Well, you're doing 95% of it. You sit there in the back fucking sniping at people and don't act like yeah, I don't fucking know what be, gets said in the back because I'm pointing out the obvious. Holy shit, it's fucking neon. And you guys are whining and bitching. Do fucking better. You've been doing this long enough. You're making enough money. Do better. Put some of that back into something other than yourself. Okay, build another facility and build up somebody that has something that make that, you know what I mean? Put some outreach out there. Do something. Put a piece of content out there that promotes the fucking sport and doesn't just pat yourself on the back. God damn, it's not that hard. I mean, we all see it. What have you done? Besides, you know, the same thing you've always done, which you stick your hand out and get paid for. It's crazy. But anyway, so they, they, yeah, so they beat me up a little bit. And people were surprised. Like Sunday morning, I was getting texts like, holy shit, dude. I didn't think those guys disliked you that much. Nah, they dislike me because I point out the obvious. But anyway, it's, it's a safety thing. And what it comes down to is we're got familiar. It's not a bad thing. It's not a thing because we could fix it. Hey, man, we all got too familiar with each other. We, you know, we put a lot of pressure on these matches. We're going to strive to do better. But at the same time, the guy who posted the fucking picture should have known better. And then you can't call him an affiliation and let him be your official photographer one minute and then disavow the guy the next and pretend like he's not in your back pocket. He speaks for you in that context when he's putting content up on your page. That's your ambassador. And your ambassador just embarrassed you. So don't blame everybody else. Blame yourself because you didn't fucking monitor your... And I get it, man. Your shit's busy. You're doing stuff. I'm doing stuff. Why I back off a little bit when I do? Because I know I can't serve the different things equally well. So I have to cut something out. I can't do this as well as that as well. So, I mean, you know what? Beat me up all you want. Motherfuck me. Make me look like the bad guy. I got bigger shoulders than all of you, and I'll take it. I'm standing right here. And I didn't back down. I didn't delete the shit. The picture was always going to be temporary. You guys made the 200 comments on it. I didn't. I put it up without comment 
beyond changing the words to safety first instead of just do it. Okay, that's all. I changed it to that. I didn't have a comment. I get it. The safety violation, had it happened in the moment and be seen, would have been no big deal. Would have been, it's flagging, like you said, first one's a warning, your rule. Dude, your, your fucking skill stages, your rules, all your shit sucks. Your production, your tech division, you don't think anything through. Your shit sucks. And people recognize it, but then you get the crew that just, it's in their backyard. It's something for them to do every weekend. It's a golf outing. They enjoy it. We get it. And they'll do it over and over and over again because that's what we are. We're creatures of animals. But nobody likes it. It's not a good, all you've done is told people, if you don't have $5,000 to start, don't show up. That's, That's the mindset. If you don't have five grand invested immediately, don't show up. That's the message I get. And tell me where this is, you know, it's marketing for bigger companies and pushing people towards higher end products, which is what I do exactly is great, except I'm not trying to go out there and pretend I'm something I'm not because that's all you're doing is exactly what I am and feeding yourself. You're not promoting the sport better. You're not making things better. You're not going out there and saying, hey, let's change courses of fire. Let's fix this. Let's adjust that. You adjust nothing. Even when it's pointed out as a neon sign, it's we've done this this way all the time. We're not going to change it. Oh, we started it this year. You're the system. You can change fucking anything in a minute. You'll you'll hide stuff. And that's the problem everybody has is that you try to hide your negative press. You try to erase it from the Internet. You want to rewrite history. And some people aren't having it. And I'm one of them. And yeah, I'm good. You know what? Had it not been the threats take it down get rid of it you can't talk about this i would have ignored it because i didn't care until the threats came up and then i started getting blitzed like hey man they just threatened this guy and made him take it down they just threatened that guy and made him take it down you didn't have ownership of any of it but you threatened them with it that's my problem and i get the people hey man the community's small you know we're all in this together but we're really not We've already established we're not. So let's not pretend you can't snipe somebody on the backside over here and expect them to be fucking courteous on the other side. It ain't going to happen. We know that. That's how human nature works. And so, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, hey, man, I get it. You guys want to beat me up. I'm easy. I could take it. But I'm still going to point it out. It would have been over and done with like, wow, you know, you have to address every end, end of it. The guy who put it up, the guy who had the violation, and the fact that we need to do better with safety. There was no addressing like, clearly, we've, we, it, when, when someone's comfortable doing that in the middle of the crowd, we're not talking about it enough. And it's coming from the crew where the only time somebody was shot with a pers- in, in a precision rifle match is this group who's hosting this. The last time they were down in Florida, they had somebody get shot. So come on. Let's not fucking play games here like, you know, this is so out of the realm. You, you have a history if you want to go into it. That's why there's no handgun in PRS events because of mistakes you guys made, not us. We were running handgun all the time. We didn't have a problem. 
you guys did within what your second year. Give me a break. But nah, I get it, man. I'm the bad guy now. You want you want I'm happy to be your bad guy. And you could threaten me all you want to beat me up. I'm sure I can use a good ass kicking. I'm almost positive. Just don't sucker punch it. Warn me because I want it filmed. And you don't need to sucker punch me. I'm small. I'm probably not going to fight back. So the sucker punch won't be needed. But let me know because I want to film it. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, dude, that's all. Just revisit safety. Talk to your fucking audience. Put out content that promotes more than your top fucking 10. Start talking about the bottom 10. Start doing things to bring in more, not just say, you know, oh, we we added another match. That's not the point. Finding a guy with a field and sticking a plate out in it and telling everybody to show up to shoot it is not promoting the sport. Okay, there needs to be outreach. And this is me. I'm going to go back to USA Archery, man. Look at their pages. Look at what they do. Look at the archery compared to what's going on. There's a reason why this is not even growing. It's shrinking now. With NRL out and they're only doing the hunter stuff, their center fire is done, right? You're shrinking the sport. And you're not making it better, right? The stages are contrived now. You got people that are looking for... The hunter is a great example, looking for ways to breathe new life into it because they're tired of the same old thing. That's what the Chris Way stuff. That's what the hunter stuff. That's what we're talking about is, is using target packages, using different things, put some movement back in. You know what? I enjoyed the fact, two things. Gary had less stages and Pawnee both had less stages. Pawnee, we used to shoot 12, shot eight couple stages less. I'm still getting the same thing out of it, but now I can manage it better. I can open up the fields. I can move around a little bit more. I can create opportunities to do something because I'm not trying to cram 20 stages into a fucking 100 acres, right? Let's put 12 stages into 100 acres and let's make them a little bit better. Let's, let's think about what we're trying to accomplish you know, if, if, if all we're trying to accomplish is better equipment, we're there, man. We got better stocks, weight systems, better rifles. We're shooting bench rest quality rifles in a tactical package. Calibers, same thing. Bench rest branded calibers. You know what I mean? The, 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 if you think about it, the six GTs kind of coming out of a bench rest mindset, which is fine. I'm, I'm going to fucking redo one of mine into a six GT. I'm not putting it down. It's a great thing. But that's caliber. That doesn't do anything for the sport. That doesn't help the shooter other than to say, you can buy better. We all know that. Fuck, I could buy a better car than I got. I could buy a better house. I could buy a better freaking anything. Buying something better is just a situation of means. But what happens when you don't have those means? What can we do better? What can we do to make this better? And, you know, bags and weights and things like that, weight stability, sandbags, sandbags mold to the right, you know, all these things. But that's not really making you better. It's made you less safe. The ND fucking stuff that was going on because the triggers are so light, right? The flagging because nobody really cares. We're all friends. It's all this. They're, you know, the, 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 the contrived type stages. 
That's all. I mean, Pawnee people, like, I hadn't shot it in two years, but they're like, hey, can you come out? We want to talk course of fire and what we can do different. Yeah, I need to refresh myself what the course of fire was. So I went out and, and shot it. So now I can look at the stages and I'm like, wow, these stages are pretty good. Even though this target's only 350 yards, it's small, it's hard. The winds are just tricky enough. It's difficult. It's a good fucking stage. Oh, this one's a little easier. You know, oh, wow, this one's tough because you got targets going from 600 to 1,000 and there's no feedback. You don't know where you missed. You know, there's all these different things you can do that can help improve things that aren't bought. I mean, you went through the, 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 the clamping systems, right? Everybody ran out and got clamping systems. Then the ARCA systems. Now the weight systems. You know, now it's the finger where you're putting your finger systems. The bag systems. The plate systems. You know, I can go on and on and on and on about the systems. We got a lot of systems in place. All requires money. But there's things you could do that don't. I mean, we, we, you, that's the whole key around the precision rifle classes. Run what you brung. Bring hunting rifle, bring this, and we're going to bring you to the same place. We talk about, Mark and I talk about creating clones all the time. We're going to create a clone. We're creating clones with dissimilar weapon systems. And we're looking to get the equal amount of success regardless of what you're doing or using. You may be doing something different. This guy's got a six millimeter at 18 pounds with a weight system in it. He's got a friggin' heavy MTU barrel. He's doing A, B, and C with a light trigger. This guy's got a hunting rifle with a three to nine with a friggin' lawyer trigger with all that. We got him hitting just as well. I mean, granted, we're shooting bigger, you know, in 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 a pinch, it's not gonna work that way. But in a prone, what we're doing in these basics, one doesn't look disadvantaged over the other. And that's a factor of the process. Now, in reality, there's a big difference. And in practice, there'll probably be another difference. But in training, we've brought you to the same level of training. We've brought you to the same level of accomplishment given subpar equipment. Now, your consistency and your rate might be different. That's another topic. But we're not saying, yeah, you keep going, you stop here. That's not what we're doing because we're trying to give everybody an equal experience. I mean, I go, I see the matches in Colville. I know what's going on up there. I see all those guys. I see what's happening. That match is all tripod, man. And, and you know, and then there's that. But, dude, you, you, you got to take some personal fucking responsibility that this is the, this is the world you created. And warts and all, you got to fucking imp- either fix the warts and get them taken care of or do better. You know what I mean? But don't try to hide them and pretend you don't have them because then that's what pisses people off and makes you look stupid. I mean, you could bag on me all you- I-, I was amazed the amount of texts and emails I got over this last because to me it was an- it was a throwaway. It was like... The meme's on his page. I changed the words. I threw it up. I'm walking away. And then it blew up giant to the point where it, 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 it shined a light on a lot of what's going on underneath. And yeah. Yeah, man. I'm going to poke the fucking bear. 
because you don't know what they do on the backside. They want to poke me, I poke them back. It's that easy, man. It's tit for tat. And it ain't going to go away. Not until something changes. And they don't care because they, they got the high ground. They're this. They I ain't going to change because guess what? My numbers are stronger than ever. I've been doing this for a long friggin' time. And I'm not going to go and, and, and I don't have to make nice. There's options. You know, some people want to make sure they're not pissing in the fucking Cheerios. Like, it's like, okay, I want to shoot these matches. I don't want to piss these people off. I don't have to shoot those matches. There's these matches over here I could shoot. There's matches over here I could shoot. There's local ones that don't care over here I could shoot. I have options. I'm not in that backyard. That backyard, that's all you got. If you're in the southeast, that's it. But out here, I got options. I can tomorrow say I'm not going to teach a class for the next year and I'm just going to shoot matches every month and never fucking touch one of those events. I could touch all different ones. I could do competition dynamics. I could do Guardian. I could do Border Wars. I could do, you know, all of them. I could do uh, Wyoming Precision up north of me. I could do the local Pawnee on the weekend. You know what I mean? I could do the 22 at Green Mill. I could do, where do we want to go? I could stay west of the Mississippi and never dip a toe into that pond. But they want to come west. They need to get hold of the rest of the company country. They're the ones that should be doing the outreach. They're the ones that should be doing it right. They're the ones that should be making it look a little bit better and not aggravating the guys out west, up north, over to the side. You know what I mean? In, in the favoritism stuff is, is easy to see, dude. I mean, the bias is there, and they don't want to acknowledge there's bias. If that was somebody else and not a Team Gap guy, it probably w- would have been, you know, a DQ. But it depends who you shoot for. They could be mad at me. I don't care. I honestly don't because I'm over it. I, it, it, it has zero effect on my bottom line. It has zero effect on their bottom line. But they don't like the press. That's the only difference. They want to hide it and not fix it and embrace it. It's just fix it. It, it. Or at least address it publicly and say, hey, man, we screwed up. We need to do better. And I honestly, I think it, I honestly, I do think we need to revisit the safety side a little bit more. We spend need to spend an extra 15 minutes talking safety Every day, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was so ridiculous. I'm sure when you fucking put your suppressor on, you flagged yourself. You got me there, dude. I'm screwing my suppressor on. Probably not putting my face over the top of it. It's kind of off in front of me. But, yep, when I do snap my barrels on, I kind of get over the top of them. And, I sn- and I'm, I'm installing my barrel. I stand over the top of the rifle. You got me. If, if that's the bar, we're in a lot of trouble. If you want to justify one thing for the other, if you want to compare the two, we're in a lot of friggin' trouble. It's only going to get worse. So anyway, that, that was me. So I'm, I'm, I'm back into it, man. You guys got me wound up now. And um, I was pretty mellow at first. I wasn't really sweating it. But uh, there we go. 
that's what's happening here. But uh, let me think of where else I'm at. Oh, couple couple updates. I got some things I could talk about. Number one, the Zeiss, the Scope 525. So I've cross-decked it now. I used it on the AT, the Precision Rifle Expo. I took it down to Texas and used it at the CR2 class. Well, I swapped it off and put it onto the uh, TAC Ops and shot it at the Guardian. I really, really, really like the Zeiss. Um, I'm a fan of what's going on, and I'm shooting it at a little higher power. 12 is good. I mean, I'm happy around 12, but I'm finding myself, I'm hovering around 16. And to me, that's an improvement. Okay, I'm usually a 12 to 18 guy. If I'm in the pro and I'm around 18, if I'm doing the, the, the matches in the position, I'm around 12. What I noticed, I was around 16 power and leaving it there for most of the events. That's positive. I think it's got a really forgiving eye box. It's got great glass. I'm happy with the reticle. Although, like I said, my eyes are going to shit, so I need to start putting the illumination on a little bit more for the centers. Um, I'm just not resolving things as well as I should be. And and it is what it is, man, getting old. And so um, the Zeiss, I'm really, really, really digging. Uh, got to talk with Dan, Two Vets Tripods. Uh, great dude, man. He took some awesome pictures. If you saw the pictures of me at the Guardian on Facebook or anywhere, uh, that was Dan took those. A big shout out to Dan from Two Vets. Uh, got to meet him. Uh, he's got new stuff coming and I'm a big fan of it. Uh, there's a way I still, I'm a really right stuff fan. Everybody knows I love the anvil 30 head. That's the, the inverted stems on the bottom Arca or Picatinny rail on that. I think if you take a two vets leg system, put on a really right stuff anvil 30, you have a hell of a tripod for a little bit less money. I like what Dan's doing. I like how he's thinking. I like the direction he's going with his updates, and he's asking for more out of his tripods, you know, where, where he's getting them and all that. And, and that's a good thing. That's that's positive motion forward. He's, he's uh, shrinking the center and his plate system up on top, which brings his apexes in. His leg systems are working really well. He's, he, it, it's, it's, it's good stuff, man. So, uh I, I appreciated the visit with with Dan and, and two vets. I re- had a good time with everybody. I mean, I like talking with Phil and all those guys. Um, Roberts and, and them, seeing them again, always a great thing. Uh, Rob from Bravo 2 with his target system. Uh, Rob's a funny dude, man. He's, he's a good guy to uh, to hang around. So I, I liked uh, with Rob. And then Paul Phillips, like I said, with the ELR stuff. Paul Paul's got it down, man. He's... He's Gucci, dude. Yeah, that's a guy driving Lamborghinis when it comes to that that car stuff. Uh, big, big dollar and, and just in there. And then I got to visit with John Baker. John Baker has actually got some neat stuff going on that I'm probably going to work with him with. A um, little bit touch on weaponized math, but some of the other things. John Baker does the taco units and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so cool thing there. Speaking of the taco, it just reminded me. I did the recon sniper raffle. Well, we raised about $12,000 for those guys, Recon Sniper Foundation. So thank you guys. Um, I'm going to put that out. We had a John Baker Bravo unit. I had the uh, Patriot Valley uh, Hancock in 6BR. That was mine that I gave away. There was the Terrapin X from Vectronics. That was the custom-made one engraved. Kestrel, my book, whole bunch of stuff that we gave away. We raised 12000 bucks for Recon Sniper. Thank everybody that participated. Really, really appreciated it. 
A um, couple other things. We got the PROM stuff in the uh, Primed with Marco and um, Jim from Prime. Uh, again, that is going on right now. The KGM group buy for suppressors is going on. There's a bunch of stuff happening on the hide. If, if you go over to, I mean, the hide's busy, dudes. There's, uh, you know, we're in, we're kind of settled into the 750,000 unique zone. Goes up to nine, goes down to six, goes over to one. It's all over the place. You know what I mean? It changes every month, but we've kind of settled in 750,000 unique members. I mean, that's kind of why you're not going to bully me and push me around. Um, there's a big crowd behind me. And, you know, your 300, 600, 1,500 people aren't going to be able. Yeah, you talk a lot. And I get it. You're, 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 you're noisy. But 750,000. So, anyway, that's where we're at with that. But, um, no, Recon Sniper Foundation the Prime Mid with Prime and all that. Prime's got ammo too. Uh, six Creed, uh, six five is ordered up for later. They got Alpha. They're doing stuff with Alpha versus Peterson. Uh, three oh eight. He's got good three oh eight, man. If you guys are hungry for some decent three oh eight, Nosler one sixty eight with a higher BC on there, um, in some speed. Uh, I know he had a 185 load. I grabbed a couple 185s. Uh, but take a look at his three oh eights. Take a look at his six fives and six millimeters. Um, we're still moving pieces around the puzzle with, with things, with the delays and all the, that stuff, um, you know, and, and, and where it's at. But, uh, it, you know, there's a lot of good stuff happening in the industry. The, the coming out of this COVID crap and all that, we're, we're, people put their, their head to pencil, you know what I mean, and paper. And I'm doing that now, and I've been writing stuff down. Like I said, the article yesterday on the wind. Um, and, and I'm looking to throw that stuff out there for you all, but, um, ah, we got to talk safety every now and then, man, you gotta refresh the safety side of things. I mean, it's, it's a safety first fucking world we live in because that's the quickest way you're going to put a negative light on you. It ain't me. It ain't something me saying to within the group, you know, me bouncing something within the walls of the community isn't the same as the visual that goes out. You know, a picture tells a thousand words. That's the point. A picture tells a thousand words. It doesn't matter what Frank's saying. You could fight with me all day. That picture is going to do a 10 times more damage because it's out there than anything I ever say will. And that's what you guys don't realize. This is one of those don't be on my side. And, you know, originally my meme said, you know, never mind, we're the pros. You know, never point the muzzle on it. Never mind, we're the pros. Don't point the muzzle. Nah, we're the pros, dude. Don't worry about it. I got it, man. I had chamber flags in. I got a chamber flag. I'm good. Because nobody's ever blown shit up with stuff stuffed in their rifles, fucking bore ciders and other shit, you know. And it's a rifle, man. I don't know. Coffee. A little bit of coffee. Anyway. I'm good ranting. That was a good rant. That gets my juices flowing. You know what I mean? It it it, it makes me feel interesting. So, yeah, man, you guys can beat me up all you want. I'll take it all day, every day. Cause you know what? They get it, man. At the end of the day, people see it. It, it might work. You, you know, we all got our fans. We all got somebody that's gonna come up behind us and go, "Good job." 
but that's not the answer. That's not the reality. And yeah, I do stir the pot, and some people know why, and some people don't. I mean, people ask, you're never doing anything constructive. Not only built shit that's constructive. Your shit wouldn't exist if it wasn't for some of the stuff I put together for you. But, you know, we make companies, we lose companies. We make fucking ideas, we lose ideas. We've got all kinds of stuff happening. You know, when there's that many people talking, things get done. You know, when it's the same group of people, you get incestuous. When you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, never reinventing yourself, never adjusting, just going, well, we did it yesterday like that and it was good and that guy liked it, so I'm going to keep doing it because it's easy. Well, no, we'll do better. You know what I mean? I wouldn't rest on my laurels, but some people are good with that. Look, some money's coming in. I guess you can. But anyway, so there we are. Um, I think I hit all of it, but I'm going to change up the music. I'm going to change up the formatting. I'm going to do some things a little bit different. I just wanted to kind of get my my voice back out from under me. You know what I mean? I needed. I was kind of tired of hearing myself talk, but now they kind of wound me up a little bit. And um, I wanted I wanted to hear myself talk this morning. It's early too. I kind of wanted to do the first thing. So you guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. And thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. Think safety, right? I get it, man. The, the bolt up is great. It's a nice visual. Mag out, bolt up. But think of a laser coming out of the end of your muzzle. And and if 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 you if you're in a match, if you're doing something in tight quarters, and you find you're coming one direction, somebody's coming another direction. And you happen to cross your streams. Acknowledge it. Hey, dude, sorry about that. You were going left. I was going right. We cr- it was a bad deal. We, we, but I know I muzzle down because if I put my muzzle up, I'm going to just point at somebody's nose, especially those six foot five guys, you know, the big tall dudes who, 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 who are, or, anyway, um, if I point my muzzle up at their nose, they'd be kind of pissed, but I'm smart enough. I put my muzzle down now, big guy, six foot five, dude, he could point his muzzle up. You know what I mean? Because then he's not flagging anybody. But if he's got a thing, he, he's got to watch muzzle down because then he might be pointing at me. But we always talk about that. Anyway, safety is important for what we do because it is dangerous and we don't want to have an oopsie. You know what I mean? That, that's that's kind of what, what it comes down to is, is it's, 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 the, um, it's the fatal flaw. If you fuck that up, it, it, it can become fatal. That's why. That's why we, we, we put so much emphasis on it, or we should be. And I know it's been getting a little laxed, um, for sure. So never point that muzzle on anything you're not willing to destroy and take full responsibility. That includes your foot, your chin, you know what I mean? And if I'm putting my barrel on, well, I'm taking responsibility for that action at that point. But if I just come off a line, even if I toss a timber flag in or something, and I'm, I'm in active participation in the shooting sport, I kind of want to watch my muzzle a little bit. You know, it's different if I'm in the, in the shop and I'm working on something. But, you know, usually you're clearing it all out, and then I'm the only one that I have to worry about and that kind of thing. But, you know, have I ever pointed a muzzle at someone? I'm sure I have. Absolutely, and I probably apologized for it. But, hey, man, it's kind of minor if you think about it. If we're all kind of hypersensitive to it and safety, I see it, you see it, we acknowledge it. Hey, this happened. I'm coming left. I'm coming right. We're in tight space. And we go, hey, man, sorry about that. that that's usually okay, but it's those kind of like off into space ones that become the negative. 
hey guys, let me know what you want. I'm going to be doing this and trying to segment it up a little bit. I want to have sort of the opening uh, in different areas, like maybe a gear review, maybe a training element, maybe a comp piece, but I'm going to try to mix it up a little bit. So if you want to text me, PM me, you want to throw a note, go on the hide in the everyday sniper section, give me some thoughts of how you want me to change this up for the new year. Cause we're going to mix, mix this format up. I'm going to change the music up. I'm going to change a little bit of this up, get some more people on here. I really liked the Marco interview. I think that went well and we're looking to do more of that. So thanks for listening. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. Thanks for being on Sniper's Hide. Thanks for uh, reminding me I need my ass kicked. Um, All kinds of stuff. I really, you know, I I have to agree. So we're out of here. And I'm going to be gone. Whoa. Epstein didn't kill himself. Let's go, Brandon.